everything we have to fear is in war. There is no substitute for victory. Let us never negotiate out of fear. We stand undivided, forever united, fighting hand in hand for the liberty we burn, for glory and honor for our sons and daughters, ever mindful of the lessons we've learned. Let the torch of freedom burn. Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders Live. Special week. We've been sharing some foundations of freedom from the television series and had some special guests this week, uh, Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, Dr. Carol Swain. And we're going to actually pick up right where we left off yesterday with the episode with Dr. Swain on the Bible and civil justice. We're diving right back in to foundations of freedom right here on Wall Builders Live. And the problem is you can't preserve a foundation if you don't know what it is. And that's right. where we are in America today is we don't know our foundations. We don't know why these clauses exist. We don't know the protections that were given us. We don't know the history that caused those protections to be given us. Therefore, we don't know what we're supposed to protect. We don't even know the clauses are there. And how do we get people to read the Constitution and to study the Bill of Rights? When you start telling stories out of history and you see how things worked, you can understand judicial abuses in the Declaration once you see what they were. Once you look right. back and see what they're doing, you go, uh, here's a great example. Let's take the, the Fourth or the Eighth Amendment's due process. You get in the Sixth Amendment and the Fourth Amendment. Both have protections on this. But the government's not allowed to search your papers, belongings, your house, your possessions, your effects without a specific judicial warrant. And that goes back to what's called a writ of assistance. And a writ of assistance is what the British used. They would have a judicial writ, but it didn't say what they were searching for. They'd knock on your door and come and say, I need to check your house, see if you got anything illegal. They would go through the house, once they found something, they'd fill in the writ, says, oh, you know, I found this, it's illegal. But David, we don't have those protections today no. because well, we had the government that, you know, intruding in every area of our lives. Of our lives. And, yeah. and see, a great example is that writ of assistance is what happens when we have an IRS audit. The Fourth Amendment says that they cannot search your papers, property, houses, effects without a specifically issued judicial warrant specifically describing the items and things to be searched. You mean they can't go on a fishing expedition? They can't go on a fishing expedition. Okay. And that's what an IRS audit is. They come and say, open all your accounts to us. We're going to dig around until we... That's a writ of assistance. And once you say, wait a minute. A writ of assistance is what the Founding Fathers didn't want, and that's what the IRS is doing now. If IRS wants to audit me, you come back and tell me what check stubs you're looking for, you come back and tell me what accounts you're looking for, and you get a judge to write off on that. And if you don't do that, don't show up at my door. Well, you know, the sad thing about it is that many people that are working for the government as bureaucrats, they don't have a clue. Yeah. And so they're, you know, doing things that they shouldn't be doing, they that maybe be. they wouldn't be doing if they actually knew the Constitution. And see, that, that's the problem we have today is in the last election, 70% of voters had no idea the Constitution was the supreme law of the land. How can we change that? One is you're not going to get it through the education system. Just, just learn right now. Schools don't teach the Constitution. We have a federal law that requires every September the 17th, which is Constitution Day, right. when they say that every public school in America is to take time and set aside time to read and study the Constitution. 
We've gotten to this mentality that it's too hard to understand. It's not. We have dumbed down everything we to have dumbed our down own everything. detriment. And if you're waiting on schools to teach the Constitution, it ain't going to happen. You go out and you get it, you read it yourself. If you want to get a, a good commentary on it, you get a book called Original Argument, which is the Federalist Papers in Modern Language. They've been taking all the spirits the same, the, the arguments are the same. There's so many easy ways to do that now. There's a, a DVD series we have called Constitutional Live that breaks down the Constitution section by section. There's just so many easy ways to learn it now. And if we don't get back to knowing that document, then the government will continue to be in charge rather than people be in charge. And it's supposed to be we the people, and as you say, be the people. It's not we the government. And that's a mentality aspect that has to change. I know, but it wasn't meant to be that way. No, it wasn't meant to be that way, not at all. And we have a question from one of our viewers. There are so many different aspects in the American system that are different from others in the world. Where did America get these ideas from? Another great question. You know, the answer is going to be very expected, and the source of the answer is very expected, but in a Supreme Court case in 1999, Justice Stephen Breyer and no one would accuse him of being part of the religious right or anything else. No one's going to accuse Justice Breyer of being even religious. Yes. He made a comment in that case that really stood out to me. He said, you know, all the Bill of Rights came out of the Bible. Well, really? I, I'm I didn't surprised know he knew that. I'm surprised. And so I looked at his footnote and he cited this book right here. This is Federal Practice and Procedure. This book is what federal attorneys use to practice. And it's volumes and volumes and you, know, you can go rooms. This is volume 30. And in here, you open up to about page 200, and you find dozens and dozens and dozens of pages where it's going through showing how the Bible built all of these clauses in the Bill of Rights. That is great material. I thought, this is wonderful. It's out of federal practice and procedure. And even Justice Breyer said, oh, of course, we all know it's out of the Bible. And I go, this is amazing. I didn't know that he knew that. And I certainly didn't know it's in the federal practice and procedure. And so it's, it's really... Fascinating to see. We're going to get into some of the specifics that these guys talked about. And part of it is the difference between us and Europe. Because in Europe, they had the high admiralty courts, they had the high commissioner courts, they had the star chambers, they had all these things. And what they did in trials in there was not good. Um, because we mentioned earlier that, that courts were political enforcement arms for the government. They weren't about yes. justice, they weren't about individual rights. Um, here's what the government said and here's what you're going to do and the court's going to make sure you do it. And so that was a real problem. And as we got into the Reformation and as people got back into the Bible, in the Bible they found all these trials in the Bible. You had the trial of Naboth. You had the trial of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You had the trial of Stephen. John and Peter had trials. Jesus certainly had trial. You had Paul with multiple trials. You have uh, Achan who had a trial. You had all these trials in the Bible. And you've got to understand that they had come through a thousand years of the Bible is off limits to anybody. Mm -hmm. Now they're back in it. It's like a brand new book and they're just reading it. And they see all this stuff about civil justice. Look what happened to these trials. These are the good trials. These are the bad trials. Mm -hmm. and, and so it resulted in this book right here. This is called the Geneva Bible. This is the Bible of the Reformation. Uh, it was first printed in 1560 in Geneva. And that's what's called Geneva Bible. And from 1560 to 1644, it went through 140 reprints. This is the Bible that came to America. If you go in the rotunda of the U.S. Capitol and you look at the painting of the pilgrims coming to America, 
It is the Geneva Bible, and we're who painted that painting, and it was there in 1841. How, how does it differ from the King James Version? You know, it's interesting because the Geneva Bible preceded the King James Version by almost 50 years, and what they did was they took the Bible, and, and you can see here these commentaries down the sides. Yes. And so over, over a period of about 250 years, there's about 25 different reformers in seven different countries, and these are their notes. They said, guys, Here's the way we've been doing government. We've been doing it this way a thousand years, but it's wrong. Look what the Bible says about government. Guys, here's what we're doing with education, but it's wrong. Look what the Bible says. Here's what we're doing with economics. And so these commentaries are pointing out all the things in the culture that are wrong. Hey friends, if you've been listening to Wall Builders Live for very long at all, you know how much we respect our veterans and how appreciative we are of the sacrifice they make to make our freedoms possible. One of the ways that we love to honor those veterans is to tell their stories here on Wall Builders Live. Once in a while we get an opportunity to interview veterans that have served on those front lines, that have made incredible sacrifices, have amazing stories that we want to share with the American people. One of the very special things we get to do is interview World War II veterans. You've heard those interviews here on Wall Builders Live from folks that were in the Band of Brothers to folks like Edgar Harrell that survived the Indianapolis to so many other great stories you've heard on Wall Builders Live. You have friends and family that also serve. If you have World War II veterans in your family that you would like to have their story shared here on Wall Builders Live, please email us at radio at wallbuilders.com, radio at wallbuilders.com. Give us a brief summary of the story and we'll set up an interview. Thanks so much for sharing here on Wall Builders Live. Let the torch of freedom burn. And so what happens is, as you go through this Bible and it goes to the trials, it points out the stuff in the trials that are really wrong. For example, Jesus in John 8 in the trial there, he said, woman, where are your accusers? And it's like, you're supposed to be able to confront your accusers. They're all gone. Right. And, and so they point out, they said, hey, in European courts, we're not allowed to confront our accusers. Jesus himself said, you get to confront them. And so all the commentaries are here. Now, the problem was the kings back then read it, and they didn't like being criticized. They liked what they were doing at their star chamber courts and their high commission. And that's where King James Bible comes out. It essentially is a censored version of all the commentaries. And by the way, the, the Founder's Bible is like a modern-day Geneva Bible. The Founder's Bible says, here's the way the Bible applies to every aspect of life. Well, you know, that is so interesting because I know a lot of Christians and the King James Version is the only version they will read. They That's see right. it as the sacred, holy version of the Bible. But you're saying that the Geneva Bible Geneva. was first. That's the first, and that's what did the Reformation. That's what changed church and state and education and economic systems. It's what changed everything. And see, this book here goes with these books right here. These books what here. What are those books? They came out just shortly after this because the Bible goes through and says, look at all these trials that are going on. Look at the wrong things in them. Here's what it's supposed to be. And they criticize. Well, this is called Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yeah, I've heard of that, but I didn't know that it started out looking Oh, it's like massive that. volume. And, yeah. and the way I was taught this in school and elsewhere was these are all the martyrs for the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And number one martyr in there is Jesus Christ. He's the number one person they list because right. he's killed for And so it goes all the way through. 
And that's where I was taught, but that's not what it was. But I mean, the version that I've seen in the bookstores, and I own Very one, tiny. it's just a little tiny one. Yeah. So what I have would not contain all of these It disturbs. wouldn't contain all this, and it won't contain all the commentaries, because this went with this. This said, bad judicial process. This says, these are the martyrs killed by bad judicial process. I never got taught that. These are the people who died in the history of the church through the wrong use of courts. I am astonished. Courts put them to death. And that's, so these, the Geneva Bible and Fox, this, when they came to America, these are the books they brought. And this is why we have a different judicial system in America from anywhere else. David, are any churches teaching this kind of content today, like the Geneva Bible? You know, we're at a point where America needs a Geneva Bible, because what's happened is the Geneva Bible back then said, guys, the church is doing what the culture is doing. Here's what the Bible says. And that really is part of the reason for the Founder's Bible, because the Founder's Bible, we have so many things going on today the Bible addresses, and it's how America came to be shaped, just like all these, these books that built American justice system. Nobody knows that today. Uh -huh. and, and, and they need to. R reading the Genevanist commentaries, it will shake you up in the same way the Founder's Bible. It's more modern language, but it, it'll do that. But we find that so much of what we have came out of the, for example, still, still looking at judiciary and judicial system. What you've got is back in the founding when we started our judicial system, all of the Supreme Court justices themselves rode circuits. They got on a horse and rode to all these different places. Instead of everybody coming to D.C. and meeting in front of the court. You mean they went to the people? They went to the people. They actually went out what to the people. What a novel idea. What a novel idea. And so now today we still say we have circuit courts and we still have judges over circuits, but everything goes to them. But the reason we had these circuit riding courts, these Supreme Court right. justices uh -huh. would go out and ride, was out of the Bible. And interestingly, a guy named James Kent, and James Kent's called the father of American jurisprudence. He took Blackstone's commentaries and Americanized them and for our courts. Yes. And he was over all the judicial system in New York, but he, he Americanized the, the, all this European law for Americans. And this is his quote. He says, the Jewish judges rode the circuits, and Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life, and he went from year to year in circuit to Bethel and Gidgal and Mizpah and judged Israel in all those places. That's 1 Samuel 7, 15 and 16. And he said, that's why we do circuit judges, because that's the Bible way. Israel, he had a judge. It was Samuel. And he rode from all these places. And that's why our judges went from city to city to city, went to the people, just like Samuel did. So that's another characteristic of our American judicial system that comes directly out of the Bible. But we've also got direct clauses out of the Constitution that came from the Bible. And let me just read two Constitution okay. clauses here. Um, in Article 1, Section 9, Clause 3, it says, No bill of attainder or ex post facto law shall be passed. Then Article 3, dealing with judiciary, it says, The Congress shall have the power to declare the punishment of treason but no attainder of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person attainted. And people say, huh? Yeah, what, well, what do they mean by corruption of blood? Corruption of blood. What do you mean by attainder? Right. I've actually <laughs> asked a number of legislators before, what's a bill of attainder? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen it in there. I don't have a clue what it means. Well, take the time and look it up. And bill of attainder and corruption of blood was very simple. Um, Let's say I'm a British citizen several hundred years ago. Okay. And I'm part of wanting to get rid of the kings because they're very oppressive. They killed thousands of people. I want a representative government. And so I'm part of the revolution to get rid of the king. And I lose. 
Uh -oh. and, and the king wins. I am guilty of treason. So what happens is I have been attainted. My blood has been corrupted. And the king says, you know what? Barton over there was guilty of treason. No Barton in the history of England is ever going to own property again. No Barton in the history of England can ever vote again. No Barton in the history of England can ever be part of the civil process. See, in other words... You mean they stripped your They stripped descendants? the entire family for generations to come. That was corruption of blood. The Barton bloodline has now been corrupted for generations to come. And that's the way it was when the Founding Fathers and others came to America under British law. You're guilty of treason. Your entire family has just been wiped out for the rest of eternity. That doesn't seem so fair. It doesn't seem so fair, and it's not biblical. And here's what the founders used. Ezekiel 18:20. it says, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Now, that sounds fair. That's individuals. That's why we put that clause in the Constitution, because the Bible says you don't hold family lines accountable. You hold the individual accountable. And so that's a really important clause of the Constitution, and, and it's in there twice. Uh, another one that is, is really significant is death penalty in the Constitution. Now, two locations in the Constitution authorizes the death penalty. And, and I, I want to give a modern example. I'm going to back up a few years. Um, Scott Peterson trial in California. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that trial? Yes. Scott was accused of murdering his wife, Lacey, and the unborn child, Connor. And at that time, he was charged with one murder. But people said, well, wait a minute. That unborn child was, was very close to being born. That's two murders. And so they introduced in federal Congress what they called the Lacey and Connor Law, which says if you kill a pregnant woman, and her unborn child, you've killed two people, not one. That law took off across the states. We now call it the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, and it went across the country, and that's a result of that trial. We said, hey, that's two murders, not one. Well, Scott goes through the rest of the trial, and, and I watched much of that trial, and he was convicted and sentenced to death, and I said, there's a problem with that, and the Bible does not authorize the death penalty for that. And, and here's the Bible verse. This is Deuteronomy 17:6. It says, on the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death. But no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. But, I mean, you know, we have modern forensics. Uh, there was a lot of circumstantial evidence. You know, he seemed pretty guilty to me. Yeah, and he was found guilty, but he was given the death penalty. Probably under that verse, we would have said, you're guilty, you get life imprisonment, because there were no eyewitnesses to the crime. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation, about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity, if you're interested in having a wall builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios, 
to events that are already going on and there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms, go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. You know, even as you go back into the book of Genesis, where that God was talking to Cain, he says, Cain, Abel's blood cried out to me. Well, that would be DNA. And so DNA is a witness. That was a witness <laughs> right. to God. Yes. There's not, not even any DNA in, in the Scott Peter. It was all circumstantial. There was not any forensic DNA crying out, and there was no eyewitnesses. And so I have to say, you know what? I think Peterson's guilty. He should have been convicted, but he should have got life in prison because there's not two eyewitnesses. Now, you go into the Constitution, the Constitution, two locations, authorizes the death penalty, and in one location, it gives you a specific death penalty crime, because back then, treason was a death penalty crime in every country in the world. And so here's what the Constitution says about treason, and this comes directly out of the Constitution. It says, no person shall be convicted of treason, which is the death penalty crime, unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or open confession of court. So even the Constitution says you can't put somebody to death unless you've got two eyewitnesses to it. The Bible says you can't put somebody to death with one eyewitness. You have to have two or three. So there again, we put into the Constitution this protection for death penalty. Now, you can find somebody guilty, sentenced from life in prison, but to put them to death for treason or for any other high crime, you've got to have the eyewitnesses. And that was another protection of the individual. We're trying to protect the individual, and that's what the Bible does is, is justice. And, you know, probably one other indication of how Christ-centered we were in our justice system is if you look even at court documents. I've got a lot, of, a lot of court documents here, and let me just pull one out. This happens to be a court document from one of the founding fathers who signed the Declaration of Independence. This, this is John Hart. He's from New Jersey. And he talks about judicial process here, and so he's got a witness here. And it says that this witness being duly sworn on the holy evangelist of Almighty God. He's saying, person came to court and we swore him in not just on the Bible, but on the New Testament, which has the story of Jesus Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very Christ conscious. Yes. I tried doing that in the court today and see what happened. But that was the way we were. These are court reports of some death penalty trials. This is, this is a trial from 1805 where the, these two guys were, were found guilty of, of murdering someone. Uh, these are other trials, and, and these are all where juries found someone guilty of murder, eyewitness or open confession in court. What's really interesting is the last part here. For example, this, this last part here, um, the judge has now pronounced sentence. The juries come in with the verdict. Where is that from? This is Massachusetts. This is the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts. This is in 1805. It's a trial of Dominique Daly and James Halligan for the murder of Marcus Lyon. Oh. And so they have been found guilty. Here's what the judge says. He's got the defendant right there in front of him. He says, for a crime so horrid and so abhorred by every pure and virtuous mind, you have demonstrated that you're unworthy, the society of men, that your minds are regardless of social duty that you possess dispositions wicked, perverse, and incorrigible, and that your continuance in this life is hostile to the preservation of morality and the security of society. In other words, you deserve to, to go out of this life. 
You cannot therefore expect that your term of existence here will be prolonged. So don't expect to be living here much longer. It becomes me then to recommend to you to look beyond this life and to direct your views to another and to an eternal state of existence. You will very soon appear before a tribunal infinitely more awful than that which now investigated your guilt. And he goes on to tell them about, guys, you're going to be before God. You've got to get rid of your sin right now. His son is the way you do that. Altar calls in the courtroom? You know, that's what we did. These are people that took their faith very seriously. They took their faith seriously, and they created the best judicial system in the world designed to protect the rights of every individual. They did it based on the Bible, based on, on books like Fox's Book of Martyrs, and now we're trying to secularize it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every law school actually taught the truth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they just gave this historical background. Well, I mean, these, these documents, they're real. They're not fake. They're not made up. We didn't make these this morning before we came. They're, and they're out there. Libraries all across America have these. We just don't study these anymore. Now, what can viewers do to take this information to the next level? You know, they have to know it themselves. This may be new for everybody, and that's one of the reasons the Founders Bible exists, is so that folks can get in and, and find out, first of all, the Bible is a very practical book. It's not just a spiritual devotional book. It shows you how to run a court system, how to run a political system, how to run an educational system, shows you how to do business, shows you how to raise your family, shows you everything. So Founders Bible is one that is really, really key. It would be really fun, too, for people to go back and read some. They can get an old 1599 Geneva Bible in any bookstore and read that. And they need to see that this is what built the nation. This is what, what built America. So if we can get people back into knowing their history, back into reading the Bible as a practical book, and then taking it everywhere they go. Kids that are going into law school, they need to have this background. They, they need to read federal practice and procedure before they get to law school because most law professors will not have a clue about this. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've seen a lot of professors say, not you, it is so good to have, refreshing to have good professors. I have common sense. Common sense, <laughs> thank you very much. And one of the things that professors say is, oh, you know, America's just a happy accent. All this stuff that, that made America, it, it, we were just lucky. No, we weren't lucky. It was very specific ideas, very specific applications that made us different from other nations. And if we can relearn this stuff and ingest it ourselves, we can preserve the foundations of freedom. Well, folks, that's the conclusion of Foundations of Freedom. we got four episodes in for you this week. You can get all of those right now at wallbuilderslive.com. Our special guests this week were Congresswoman Michelle Bachman and Dr. Carol Swain. It's a television program called Foundations of Freedom. Again, you can get it right now at wallbuilderslive.com. Thanks so much for listening this week to Wallbuilders Live. We stand undivided.